Welcome to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. On this episode, join Katie as she chats with Akilah, Elizabeth, and JD about Reader's Advisory. Listen as they discuss what Reader's Advisory is and how it's different for each of them. So stay tuned. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to Stacks and Stories. So today we are doing a very special, I don't want to say like a secret library topic, but it's definitely a topic that librarians think about a lot, but the general public probably doesn't have much reason to think about it. It is reader's advisory. It's it's definitely top secret. It is super <laughs> top secret. We, we'll get a folder. We'll put a stamp on the folder. Shh, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> so yes, my name is Katie. I will be your moderator today, which means that I will be asking all of the questions that these very smart people who do RA more than I do will be able to answer. And just as a note, I'm going to use RA and Reader's Advisory interchangeably in this podcast. So buckle up, gang. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start with introductions. Uh, Akilah, if you'll go first, and then we'll work our way around the table. Just your name and what you do here. Hello, I'm Akilah. I am a Reader's Advisor in Talking Book Services. I'm Elizabeth. I do Reader's Advisory and reference a lot. And my name is JD. I'm also a reader's advisor or an RA in talking book services. So first off, baby question. I have, this is my first day working at the library and someone has mentioned I'm going to be working in reader's advisory. What the heck is reader's advisory to begin with? (laughs) And anybody can answer this one. Just chime in if you feel you've got a... Well, reader's advisory is a position in libraries where librarians do just what the name implies. We advise our patrons with suggestions or books, authors, titles that they may not be familiar with that they may enjoy. It also involves helping them find books in the collection that they may specifically be looking for. At least that's my experience with Reader's Advisory. Yeah. I think that's very accurate. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> there's that there's that myth that librarians, if you work in a library, you're going to sit and read all the time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, nice dream. But Reader's Advisory really takes that to the next level. We don't read a lot of these, well... We read some of these books that we advise people on, but there's so much stuff out there that we could never, never read it all. And so Reader's Advisory is an approach to help people find what they want to read. Mm -hmm. It's ultimately Reader's Advisory and librarianship are kind of interchangeable in my mind. Anytime I've ever, like as a child, spoken to a librarian or asked a librarian for help, essentially what they were doing is reader's advisory. They were helping me find books that I would enjoy. And it doesn't mean that they've read the book. It doesn't mean that they even read the genre. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it just means that they're familiar enough with the author, the genre, the style of writing, that they can make an informed decision for their patron. And hopefully the patron will enjoy it. I've had 
lots of experiences where the patron did not enjoy what I advised <laughs> them on. Um, and I just kind of made a mental note, uh, a little checklist, and I said, okay, well, we're not going to advise, or, you know, we're not going to suggest that author. We're not going to talk about that genre with this patron again. Yeah, that's definitely something that, like, I've picked up on as well. It's like, like with the mystery books, like, People are like, hey, I, I like mysteries, but I don't like animal mysteries. And right, like, what? Right. What's the difference? You know, but like that's it's very specific. Like they they only like certain types of mysteries. And mm-hmm. it's like, OK, so we're going to try something else. And eventually it sticks. Right. It, when you say animal mysteries, do you mean like the Lillian Jackson Brown where the cats are heavily involved? Mm. OK. Yeah. Okay. It's. You know, it it is being familiar with genres. Like, for example, I obviously knew before I started my current position that there was such thing as Christian fiction, for example. Mm-hmm. I, however, did not know that within Christian fiction there is Amish romance novels. Mm-hmm. Our right. favorite subgenre. Our favorite <laughs> subgenre. We, so many. I say this. So many. And I'm saying this unironically because there are so many there Amish are romance so many. novels. And it's a very popular subgenre that if you don't read it, you might not even know it exists. I did not know it existed. Did not know. So, how do you like recommend books in genres that you don't read when you've got this? patron who is coming up and saying oh I've read three Amish romance novels and I've liked each of them so far and I want to try something new in the genre and you're just sitting here like I've never read an Amish romance novel in my life how do you recommend something for that like that for them so for me like I think that's one of the upsides of working in talking books because we do get an annotation of what the book is about like as we're going through selecting books for patrons who do request us to select their books so it's like I I'm I'm while reading it I'm like oh this sounds good <laughs> and like I'm like I think this person will like this book like so I I I get excited about it right. so I'm like if I'm getting excited then you'll enjoy it cuz like that's definitely how like I have even picked books for myself or whatever mm-hmm. so I'm like and, and I'm able to recommend, like, some of the books that I have read or listened to. Right. Some of our patrons, like, they'll, they'll appreciate it. Some won't or whatever. But that definitely does help a lot, being able to pick books for somebody that I don't even know. Like, because, like, they'll call or whatever. We'll talk on the phone. But for those people who never call, you never hear from, those annotations help tremendously. Yeah. I, I definitely use the annotation when the book has one. I also just try and familiarize myself with like read-alike authors and there are some different programs that you can use. You know, if you like this author, you'll enjoy these authors. But then also I kind of try and keep up, you know, if I have a patron, for example, who enjoys Amish romance and we're running out of those in the collection, if this patron has kind of breezed through all the Amish romance, I may suggest uh, like a, like a little house on the prairie type romance, like a settler romance or something set in the Old West or, you know, something a little bit more gentle. I'm not going to throw them headfirst into 
Here's a book about Jack the Ripper. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, I'm not even going to throw him headfirst into like a Danielle Steele like romance. Nothing yeah. steamy. Yeah. If you're reading Amish romances, you want something that's and, lighthearted. And the and same can be said about a more, I guess, a more intense genre like mm. war fiction. You know, if you if you have someone who likes historical fiction based around World War II, you know, I might throw them something about Vietnam or World War One. I. I might not go straight into like the Civil War or the War of eighteen twelve, but you know, kind of being familiar with what they enjoy. It's part of our. It's part of our job to familiar to familiarize ourselves with our collection as well as the different genres enough so that we can make informed decisions like that. I, I like finding out why someone likes a genre right. so that I can figure out where to go next with it. You know, right. do you like romance, Amish romances because you're intrigued by the religion and the culture, or do you just like gentle romances that right. are Christian and are clean yeah um because you can go two different ways kind of follow there those directions right definitely so aside from just getting to know the collection as the collection what kind of tools do y'all use for readers advisory and i know that with talking books y'all have all the nifty tools in the world <laughs> with regards to bard which is the um, audiobook uh, program for Talking Books patrons, as well as just the large print databases and all sorts of really cool tools that I don't get to play with up in cataloging. <laughs> so, yeah, I also do not get to play with them in reference. We use a specific type of program that lets us filter any selection that we may need based on mm -hmm. the patrons' preferences and. When, for example, in talking books, because we are a little bit different from a traditional or more standard library service, when we enroll a patron in talking book services, we go through and we kind of do a preliminary, you know, what do you like? What, you know, are there any specific authors, specific genres you do or don't enjoy? You know, we kind of try and fill out their preferences as best we can and then like I mentioned, we have a computer program that allows us to go through and and search our collection based off of those preferences. We can include or exclude strong language, books that feature or that have a British narrator. Mm -hmm. Some of our patrons don't. They don't like accents. They don't like accents. And you know, nothing with an accent, nothing right. foreign. I don't want... And, yeah. and all the way down to, you know, violent subject matter, sexual subject matter, strong language. We are lucky that we kind of have this program because we are mostly dealing with sight-disabled individuals. Mm -hmm. uh, so everything's got to be very accessible for them. Y'all have some programs that are basically read-alike programs. So, right. A lot of the reader's advisory I do is for a program that we have at MLC called Bookmatch, mm -hmm. where you go online, you go to our website, 
and there is a form that you fill out that's basically, oh, I would like to read fiction or nonfiction. Here are some authors that I have previously liked, or these are my general interests, like I like gardening. Mm -hmm. And then we will create a short list of books that we think they might like that are available either at their library or just in general. Um, and so Novelist is a big one that we use. Yeah, we do too. Well, I know I do. Because, <laughs> like, that is something that uh, we run into. Like, patrons who've been on the service for years, like, right. they run out of materials for, like, specific genres or whatever that they like and or authors. Like, some people only have an author list. Like, they don't even have a subject list where that, where, that we can go through and just pick, um, pick books or whatever. A lot of times, like, the authors don't have any more books. So <laughs> we have to I, – I definitely use novelists to – find read-alike authors or books that read that um, read alike something that they have had before and it definitely has been a godsend I will <laughs> I will say that like that was oh, I was like oh hallelujah for a novelist <laughs> because like I am still I'm very new to um librarianship um readers advisory so it was like Please give me resources. <laughs> it's such a good resource. It's such a good resource. We use it all all the time. We'll even use it for collection development, which is a whole different area. But you know, to to find new and upcoming books that are on general subject right. areas for for what we purchase for the library. And yeah, I just learned about collection development. <laughs> In library and yes, show 101, right? Yes, Maybe you already know this, but we also discovered then during librarianship that novelists gives you up and coming books. Yes. Like, and that was something that we, like everybody was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so like, this is coming, we, okay, cool. Like we, we were very, like, very excited about that, that uh, new feature. As everybody adds five new titles to yes. their to read list. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. such a hazard, such a hazard working in libraries to have all of these. Oh no, this is also the kind of book that I like. Right. How am I going to escape without? What do I do? <laughs> so I know we've used this term a couple of times in talking, but just for posterity's sake, for our the people who are listening who don't know anything about libraries, what do y'all mean when you say you're looking for read-alike books or read-alike authors? So if you like who? Nora Who's, Roberts. If you like Ooh. Nora Roberts, you're probably also going to like Mary Higgins Clark. Sure. Essentially, read-alikes, it, it's nothing more than if you like X, you will probably enjoy why mm -hmm. because they write in similar, similar genres or they have similar writing styles descriptive language you know the type of writing that the author does you know while every author is unique many for very nature of language write in similar ways mm -hmm. so if you like x you might enjoy y if someone came to me and said that they really enjoy novels by Clive Barker, I would not immediately jump to 
Danielle Steele. I may, however, suggest Neil Gaiman. So that's an example of read alike. So with Reader's Advisory, everyone's got authors that they just hate. <laughs> like we all personally have authors that we hate, whether it's on moral grounds, whether it's odd. I, I just don't like that person. Uh, they were a jerk on Twitter. Okay. Whether it's like people just won't stop telling me to read this author's book. I'm not going to read the book. You cannot make me read this book. What do y'all do when someone, how do you keep personal biases out of reader's advisory? Because if a patron comes up and you're looking at this book and it's like, oh, this book is what looks like it really might fit them. But the author, like, the author supports Alabama football. I just don't know if I want to inflict that on the patron, using a lighthearted example, obviously. Right. But So how do you keep your biases out of this? It's, I feel like it's easy for talking books. Because, like, if a patron doesn't like an author, we can exclude them from our search I parameters. actually, I, I kind of disagree with you. Really? Because, obviously, we have a varied patronage but many of our patrons are older and they have specific viewpoints so they have specific viewpoints that I may not necessarily agree with it is not my place to decide what they can or can't read and if they specifically request an author that I dislike that's no problem I will give them obviously I will find the book for them and you know, knowing that, I will add that to my kind of little mental checklist of, you know, if I have a patron who really enjoys conservative Christian nonfiction, I am not going to suggest for them a book that features LGBT characters. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, and that's my personal preferences aside. They like what they like. They don't like what they don't like. It's not really my place to try and change them. It's just my job to help them find books and materials that they enjoy. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, if I have a patron who is not making a specific request, but I just know some things about them, I may try and be a little bit more mindful for example, if I know there's an older lady who reads a lot of Christian fiction, but she also likes romance, and she doesn't really like sexually explicit material, for example, but she enjoys romance, I'm, I still might kind of be careful of the books that I suggest and recommend for her in this hypothetical example. I, I still probably wouldn't send her something with gay characters or something with, you know, steamy Fifty Shades of Grey-esque mm -hmm. sections, you know. One of the tenets of librarianship that I really, really love are the rules that a book for every reader and every reader their book. There's something out there for everyone mm -hmm. and it's my job to help them find something that they like to read. Right. There are those people out there who say, oh, I don't like to read. Come on now. You just haven't found the right book. Right. And exactly. so this is a great 
time to help them find those those books. So if I can help you find more authors that are like Danielle Still or whoever. Jeff Abbott. Who's the guy? What's the author? Oh, my goodness. For He, he writes... The Killing of Crazy Horse, The Killing of Lincoln. William he, Johnstone? Oh, Bill O'Reilly? Yeah, Bill O'Reilly. Yes. <laughs> I was you, way to, off. <laughs> well, you know, to use, a specific, to use a specific example, Bill O'Reilly is an author and a man that I have zero in common with. I, I dislike his opinions. I dislike his writing style. I dislike what he has to say, and I don't like him as a person. Obviously, I don't know him. I I know his celebrity persona, Mm -hmm. and I don't like him. I have patrons, though, who request his books every day, and I have zero qualms about sending sending them. I will send them the book. I will give them the book. Now, if a patron asks me, have I read his, his, his work, I try and explain myself more objectively instead of just saying, I don't like him as a person. I will say that I dislike his writing style because I do dislike his writing style. I dislike what he talks about in his books. So if someone says, hey, I'm really interested in this book on the mob and I would like Bill O'Reilly's Killing the Mob, can you recommend me other books like that? I will I, I will be happy to do that. And yeah, I think that that's an interesting point about Reader's Advisory, how even if we don't like something, we are trying to come up with something that fits what they like. Right. Like, there was a previous podcast, repeat listeners may remember this conversation, (laughs) where when we were talking about books that we don't like, where someone mentioned where the crawdads sing, and everyone on that panel had a horror story about someone in their family trying to push where the crawdads sing on them, despite the fact that, like, they had no interest in reading the book. It didn't match up with their styles of reading. It didn't, there was nothing in their previous reading histories to suggest that they would like that crawdad book, but you've got to read that that crawdad crawdad book. book. Your aunt really wants you to read that crawdad book. So So with that, like, that's terrible reader's advisory. We're not, we are not doing that as librarians. (laughs) While we're not doing that as librarians, for the general public, because I had a similar experience with the book Fifty Shades of Grey, mm-hmm. and I'm sure a lot of people had it with a book like Harry Potter. Any book that reaches What's this higher Brown cultural... One? The Da Vinci Code. Yeah, yeah The Da Vinci yeah. Code. That's another great example. These are books that reached bestseller, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and there are authors as well. Stephen King, John Grisham, their household names. Patterson. James, James Patterson. Patterson. <laughs> oh, James. You know, these may be authors or these may be books that have... I know when my aunt gave my early 70s grandmother a copy of Fifty Shades of Grey oh, for Christmas no. because it was a bestseller popular book that was on, you know, people were talking about it. They were getting ready to make a movie. She just saw romance novel. She just saw a romance novel. So, you know, I don't know if my grandmother read it or not, but essentially those books become ultra popular. And because of their popularity, people who are casual readers will read it. They don't necessarily know that they only read legal fiction by John Grisham. They just know 
John Grisham is a popular writer, and he's got a new book, and I'm going to read it. Mm-hmm. The next book that they may that they read may be the new Harry Potter book or the new Dan Brown Da Vinci Code. They're not genre specific, um, which is also important as a reader's advisor when someone says hey, what's, the, what's on the bestseller list right now? Mm-hmm. You, I mean, that's really easy. You just look at what's on the bestseller list and recommend it. I you definitely know? Um, get patrons who call in and ask um, about the uh, Oprah's Book Club. And, uh-huh. like, yeah. I found out we actually have a – we can actually search for Oprah's Book, uh, yeah. book Club books in our, um, in our system. And that's the thing is um, we've been – talking in Reader's Advisory during this podcast about very genre-specific or author-specific. And while that is a big part of Reader's Advisory, um, it is also another equal part of Reader's Advisory, and this also kind of ties into um, maybe not the censorship conversation, but the conversation about being familiar with your collection as well as familiar with your patron and knowing that some people are just casual readers they don't read like librarians they think library they they're the people who think that we sit and read books right. in, the, in our job and all we day. just know like every and we book. but really they're reading maybe one or two books every so often and that's perfectly that's great um and they're not genre specific. They're not author specific. They just want to to read what's popular so that they can talk about it at work with their friend who also reads that mm-hmm. same way. Or maybe they're just reading because it was on the book club list and they're a part of a book club so that they have a reason to read. Right. Um, Those are valid reasons yeah, to, to read. 100%. Um, you, don't, you don't have to be a connoisseur mm-hmm. and you don't have to to be you know super knowledgeable about a genre to enjoy it um you and can just be a casual reader and you don't even have to know what no genres to begin with because I, right. I suspect that with a lot of your readers advisory y'all will get questions like oh i want a book that makes me feel happy mm-hmm. Or like, I want something that is spooky, where you have people asking yeah. for recommendations based on mood, mm. instead of I want something that is sci-fi or I want something that is a legal thriller. Yeah, because oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, because um, like definitely me. Like, um, like I was like, background is not library. I love helping people. So. Coming into the library, I've been able to do just that. Help people with special needs get books, uh, access to books that they do want, access to books that they've never read before, and we're in it together. Um, And and you can't can't know everything that's Mm -hmm. out there. Of course, we're going to have to look up some of this stuff. One of the things, going back to what you were saying earlier about people having a favorite genre or or not or a favorite author or not one thing that i like is uh favorite tropes right um so oh it's set at a boarding school i'm probably (laughs) gonna like that 
or it's about orphans or oh look it's a lost family member who writes letters or they start out hating each other but by the end of the book they're kissing (laughs) right right hate to love relationship so i i like if if it gets down into the nitty-gritty enough to help the patron find that that's always fun what was the name of the blog post that you did several years ago for finding i know i know what you're talking about i don't remember the exact name that i used it was like your reading circle or your reading chart or something like that but it was an exercise that I stole wholesale from a podcast that I was listening to, <laughs> where it was you take your five favorite books and then you write out the, like, make a list of, like, five things that you like in each of the five favorite books. And we will link that ancient blog post in our show notes. But the thing with that is once you've done that, then you could see some sort of links Trend. between your favorite yeah. books. like. I did that for myself, and I enjoy books where the protagonist is a bit of a disaster. So if you've got a book where it's like, oh, this is so-and-so is a bit unlucky, or they make a mistake, but they keep going through it anyway, or the book is set off because so-and-so screwed something up, then I would be more likely to like that book than welcome to our perfect angel protagonist and see these are the types of exercises that we as librarians do that the general public probably doesn't oh, do very often no, you only do that if you're the sort yeah. of person who listens to a book podcast and they, <laughs> when when the general public thinks you know those librarians they must be sitting around making charts of the types of things <laughs> they like to read well yeah, yeah actually you know yeah, what you got it right on that one. we do <laughs> So, J.D. and Akila, with Talking Books, y'all work very directly with a specific group of patrons. Mm -hmm. But with Elizabeth, when you do RA, you might be giving some book recommendations to some rando that you will never see again. So, how do you, this is, I'm putting you on the spot here, Mm -hmm. how do you, do you find it easier, harder to do just that sort of recommendation with a lot much more, much less information than JD and Akila with their long histories of this person has specifically checked out XYZ. I have recommended X and they didn't like it. Do you feel that RA is harder or easier with just that sort of drive by? You told me you like three things and one genre. Here we go. <laughs> it's, I think it's harder because I, I can't think of a single instance where we've gotten feedback. Um, Y'all get feedback because these are your regular patrons Mm -hmm. and they are signed up for a service that is there to get them books and Mm -hmm. to to fill that void in their life. Um, I think we get repeat patrons on Bookmatch, but it's, you know, they, they don't usually say, oh, you know, those books you recommended last time were just trash. Mm. Or I loved these uh, Harry Potter read-alikes that you recommended. Um, so it is very much a, a narrow reader's advisory task in that it's limited information um, that, that we are trying to match up. 
it can be a lot of fun, especially if if people, I mean, they'll come up with strange things. Oh, I like magic books, <laughs> but I also love gardening. I have done some deep dives into like nature magic books. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fun stuff out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I think if I'm if I'm following you, having feedback is super helpful oh, in yes. Reader's Advisory. And when we don't have that feedback, it is almost like we're putting this information out there, the patron takes it and does what they will with it, mm-hmm. and we just go about our day, you know? And they may enjoy it, they may not. We don't necessarily get the feedback that like, hey, you did a good job, or hey, you didn't do a good job. Yeah, and it is, you are not going to wider podcast world in general, you're not going to hurt any librarian's feelings if you tell them, that book you recommended me sucked. Yeah. Sorry. That's, yeah. that's actually that's really, really helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Please let us know. <laughs> you didn't like this. Well, okay, I let's take a different tag. Yeah, it is, um, it is not a personal opinion. It is not us trying to get you to read that crawdad book because we really love that crawdad book. It is us doing our job. <laughs> and just like any sort of job, if someone sucks at a job, then it could be it could be very useful to tell them, hey, this recommendation you gave me, I didn't like it. Cause, and even if it's just, I didn't like it because the main character was annoying or I didn't like it because there were too many words. Right. Like, if you can pinpoint the reason why you didn't like it, then that is... 50 times more helpful for RA. Yes. It, it Because what I read isn't necessarily world-class literature. I mean, I... I read so much trash on my phone. <laughs> I, I love what I read, but mm-hmm. it's not for everyone, and, and neither is what everyone else reads. So it's back to the whole, every, there is the perfect book out there for everyone, and I want to help you find it. Right. So I think that we've had a really, really good discussion about Reader's Advisory so far. Do y'all have any sort of, I don't know, if you could hammer one thing into the heads of any potential patron out there, aside from, please use the service in the first place. We are here to help. We want to help you find a book that you like. If you could hammer into the heads of any potential patron out there one thing about Reader's Advisory, what would it be? For me, whether it be traditional reader's advisory or a talking book service style reader's advisory, the thing I would want anyone to know, whether they've been using library services their entire life or whether they're young and they've never stepped foot into a library, there is supposed to be, and hopefully on the whole, zero judgment from your librarian. If you walk in and say you want gay erotica, let's help you find it. Mm -hmm. If you want Christian fiction, gentle romance, the most gruesome body horror, let's just help you find it. There's no judgment for me. I'm not going to think you're a bad person for enjoying a certain type of book or a certain author. It could be the most pedestrian thing in the world, or it could be just the weirdest, most niche genre, there's no judgment. So if you're curious about something, if you think you would enjoy that body horror, but you've never read any, 
come talk to a librarian and let us let us help you let us help you get that Ease thing you that into you it. yeah <laughs> let's let us help you that's what we're here for i think that mine would be libraries are are here to help we want you to read mm-hmm. whether it's ebooks audiobooks or print books we want you to consume books and we have so many ways for you to do that we have just here at mlc we have hoopla and palace which are both audiobook apps we have interlibrary loan so if we don't have the book that you if we don't have that body horror book that we're recommending we could probably get it for you from another library the library is just such a great source to lead you on your reading journey from finding the book to then having it in your hand. Yeah, you guys like took everything that I, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, like as a reader's advisor and just, you know, just being in a library, it's just the library is here for you. Like, and we as librarians, as reader reader advisors, we're here to assist you. We're here to make your library experience easier. You know, like JD was saying, like, we're not here to judge you. Like, even if we don't agree with something that, you know, that you're into, that's what you want. Like, it's not, like you're not hurting anybody by reading these things. Like, you're... It's, it's your preference, and it's not on us to be like, oh, no, I'm not giving you this. Like, no, like, <laughs> we want you to use, to come to, to see us. We want you to use us, you know, so as long as you're using us, if you, you can get that erotica. You can, you can get those wishers. You can get those romance books. You can get whatever you want, you know, just like, just come get it. <laughs> even that crawdad book. Yes, even, even the crawdad, that crawdad book. <laughs> and yeah, and it is, even if, I guarantee you, if you think your request is embarrassing, we have heard, mm-hmm. even, Wait, we have looked up even more weird stuff for yeah. reference before. <laughs> like, we have, there is, there's nothing embarrassing about wanting to read a certain book, but even if you are embarrassed by it, we have probably been gotten requests that you might think are more embarrassing mm-hmm. i i personally i've never been embarrassed for a patron right yeah. i've never felt that tinge of like oh you really you, you know you really want to read that mm-hmm. like and i i know to say i've never felt that i i probably have but it's it's not, part of my job you know mm-hmm. not to make that like I've gotten so far past that, might giggle a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's just human nature. Mm-hmm. But like I said, even my most conservative patrons, when they request books that I may disagree with, just on the subject, that's not my place. And mm-hmm. I I want them to have that material. I want them to have access to that material. And it goes the other way as well. You know, when you have someone who may be dealing with a personal situation and they're using their library as an escape and they want to see themselves in the characters that they read, I want them to have access to those books as well. That's the most important thing for me is making sure as a reader's advisor 
that I make every one of my patrons, whether no matter what they're reading, feel comfortable, feel welcome, and feel like they have a place here in the library. Yeah. And this goes for like age range as well yeah. as like just subject matter and genre. Like if you are a grown adult who wants to read picture books or wants a picture book recommendation, awesome. Father Elizabeth. Elizabeth I am has here like for you. picture books <laughs> on the top of her head. And yeah, just that point of no shame, no mm. judgment. We will offer up what we've got and try to help you find the best book that fit. Well, it has been so lovely talking with all of y'all today. I hope that the listeners of the podcast and just people in general can get a better idea of what Reader's Advisory is, what we do, and not feel that shame when they come <laughs> up to ask for a book that is like that, that crawdad that book weird or something crawdad like that. Book. Please don't be ashamed. Please come, come, come use us. Please bother us. <laughs> Again, thank y'all for listening. And thank you all for coming to talk with me today. You Thanks are welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.